Hey guys, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. I am your host, Zach, and across the internet is my host, Micah. Hey guys. And today, we're going to be talking to you about the Way of the Long Death Monk. Uh, it took us a long time to get to there, get to monks in general, but we wanted to do something that probably you've never seen in one of your games, and... This is front and center, one of those things. And like the way of the long death monk that relishes in the death of those around it, we had to kill the first version of this because I had music playing in the background without realizing it. And instead of having a bunch of copyright violations, we're just going to do round two. Round two. Round two is always better. That's what I feel. (laughs) I don't know what that says about round one, but we'll see how uh, people respond to this one. It's great, and then it gets greater. So let's talk for a moment about Way of the Long Death. Now, there's a reason that you probably haven't seen a lot of these in your game, and that's because it's a pretty weird subclass. And I think Micah's going to—I was about to say, I think Micah's going to touch more on that here for us. So there we go. It's also in the Skag. Skag didn't get a ton of love before a lot of them were ported over to Xanathar's. So I feel like a lot of things in here got less play in general just because of the book they were located in. That's probably fair. So flavor on these guys, if we can dive right into that, I want to talk for a moment about what does the Sword Coast Adventures Guide tell you a long death monk is. So I'm not going to dive fully into the the flavor text on here. If you guys want to take a look at them, you can read through all of it on page 130. There's uh, several decent paragraphs on it, but the gist of the long death, according to Skag here, is that they worship the principle of death more so than any deity of death. Their most profound holy moment is in the state of being dead, not in what comes afterwards, not the afterlife, but being dead fully and completely is the most profound thing that can happen to you. So they spend their time dissecting the neighborhood cat, of welcoming sick and dying visitors to their monastery so that they can watch that process happen. They want to be present. They relish in being there when the heart pumps its last beat. Yeah, it's this is a profoundly, in my opinion, it's one of the classes that leans most profoundly into the evil side of things, like a necromancer or something like that. Like, you could make a long death monk that's not evil, but you're trying <laughs> at that point. Right. I don't see I don't see a good case for this being a good creature. Now, I think we could make one if we remove the flavor from the class and just look at mechanics, which is my favorite way to look at this class now that I've read the flavor text for it. And we'll kind of get into that near the end of the episode on maybe some other ways you can look at these guys. But there's one last line in here that I want to go over because I'm going to be picking at it quite a bit as we go through their abilities and what these guys do. And that's part of their final box of text right before you get into the abilities themselves. And that is, Monks of the Way of the Long Death are obsessed with the meaning and mechanics of dying. They capture creatures and prepare elaborate experiments to capture, record, and understand the moments of their demise. They then use this knowledge to guide their understanding of martial arts, yielding a deadly fighting style. It's that last sentence that just gives me an itch that I can't scratch when I look at this class. Yeah, it's a class that's built as a survivor, not as a destroyer. 
So let's kind of just dive into that. We're looking at their level three, their touch of death. With this ability, when they, specifically they, knock a creature to zero hit points, they gain a number of temporary hit points equal to their wisdom modifier plus their monk level. So by the time you unlock this, you're getting a minimum of three unless you put, if you put no points into wisdom as a monk, which would be a bit silly, but you'll get at least three temporary hit points, which isn't awful. If wisdom is like a secondary or tertiary stat for you, you may have a plus one to a plus two to three in there. So you might be getting anywhere from three to six and there's not like a recharge on that. So as long as you are the one dealing the blow, you gain those temporary hit points. Last time we recorded this, we ended up referring to back to this one when we talked about the second one a lot. So let's go ahead and cover the, the mechanics of their second ability, and then we'll talk about both of them and, and how they don't quite jive with the flavor together. So the second ability is called Hour of Reaping. It's at sixth level. Basically, you spend an action, and every creature around you has to, within 30 feet has to make a saving throw, or they become frightened until the end of your next turn. So it's an AoE ability centered on you. It does affect your allies just like your enemies. It's like a fireball or something else in that respect. So you got to be careful when you trigger it. But talk to me about why these two abilities don't quite match with the flavor that they are going for. So there's there's two things. Again, they're supposed to relish in the moment of death. They Their most profound holy experience is the state of being dead. And yet their level three ability pushes that off by giving them temporary hit points, keeping them further away from death. Their level six is an AoE Frighten, which mechanically is is certainly not bad. It, it's a very, I would say, yeah. pretty powerful ability. But again, you're trying to keep things away. away. The, the flavor text of them does not show that they relish in the hunting of creatures. They don't relish in the, the chase, that they don't have a necessarily a thrill of combat they simply enjoy death so neither one of these is great in my opinion in fulfilling that description the flavor of how long death monks are presented the only saving grace that i can give to touch of death their level three is that they are relishing in the death of another creature and specifically their first-hand interaction with that, because you only get it when you are the one that brings them to zero. So by them dropping a creature, by them being the cause, being there in the presence of that last beat of their heart that invigorates their spirit. So let's move on then to their third ability, which is called Mastery of Death, and basically keeps you from dying. And this is kind of the thing that everybody loves about these monks, right? Yeah, this is a very strong ability. I will say, after our discussion, kind of before we started recording, this is the one that I will give the most credit to. However, again, it does not fuel their martial arts or give them a more deadly fighting style. However, again, mechanically quite strong. Beginning at 11th level, your familiarity with death allows you to escape its grasp. Point of contention number one, their most profound holy moment is dying. Why would you want to escape escape its grasp? I think you could have solved my issue with this by just wording it differently. If you were to change the wording of that to instead of escaping death's grasp, which is something that is profoundly holy to them, instead you can relish in the nearness to death longer. So you instead of dropping to zero, you can stay at one. 
on the brink of collapse. You can relish in the feeling of your life about to end a little bit longer. And that would have felt better to the class, in my opinion. What you yeah. said, I actually liked a little bit better. Yeah, I said, so I, what I said was, you know, and, and I don't, I would probably wouldn't change, I hate to change mechanics of legal classes like this. I, I probably wouldn't change this in one of my games, but I wish that it said that you go to zero and you can expend one key point to stay at zero, but stay up. So as long as you're spending a key point every round, you're at zero, you're in that state where everybody else would be dead. They are in that state of dying and you are in that state of dying, but you are able to like remain vigorous in that moment, stay cognitive in that moment and keep going. And so the idea being that like you're using your key to ride that wave of death for as long as possible. And when you stop using key, you will die. And I think that that's that's a fun or at least you're going to start bleeding out and making death saves. You will but, be unconscious. But, but they don't care. Once you hit unconsciousness, they don't really care about that. They care about the act of dying itself. They don't care about the afterlife. So to me, riding that wave, making that wave last longer is a really cool idea. And I can still get there when they're when they're at one hit point and they're just riding the edge of that. But I would rather that I knew that if I didn't spend my key in this way, oh, when I don't, I'm going to die. Like yep. that to me feels lovely. And and again, my issue with this could have been completely changed if they didn't word it as escaping death's grasp, because that is something that they long for, what they feel like everything should long for. And to say that you're escaping its grasp for me takes away from their core identity as a long death monk. Here's two sentences. Here's the first one from earlier on. It is for this reason that the monks themselves do not fear death. And then here's the next sentence. Beginning at 11th level, you use your familiarity with death to escape its grasp. So you don't fear it, but you escape. You try to escape from it. Anyhow, we're probably staying too long on this one topic, but there is, as much as this is a really cool ability, its flavor inside the mechanics does not jive with the flavor of the subclass as it is presented earlier. And again, my my other main gripe, it does not fuel their martial arts or make yeah. them more deadly. Right. So with that, let's get to the one ability that does make them more deadly. Their touch of the long death. Starting yep. at 17th level, your touch can channel the energy of death into a creature. As an action, you touch one creature within five feet of you, and you expend one to ten key points. The target must make a constitution saving throw, and it takes 2d10 necrotic damage per key point spent on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. I will say before you get into that, that when I read that, I was like, oh, this is a really nice ability. Like, reading it on its own, I was like, this is sweet. Like, the ability to, like, gauge how much you want to put into this feels really good. Like, I can just pick, decide how close I think they are to dying, and I can dump key in as I need it. That sounded cool, but go ahead. Two things I'm going to hit on. First, part of the reason why Way of the Four Elements is frowned upon is their resource, resource management for what you get out of those spells for key point is not great. At 17th level, I believe you have basically one key point per monk level. So say, let's even just take this up to 20. At 20th level, a monk has 20 key points. To do maximum damage with this, you must spend half of your resources on this one attack. 
if you are a caster, for instance, you have many other spells that are just as powerful, if not better, for less of a resource. Strike one. Strike two is the more egregious blow, because this class that states that you channel your familiarity with death to improve your martial arts, to make yourself more deadly, only has one ability that does that. And it is a far inferior version to the level 17 ability and way of the open hand, Quivering Palm. Quivering Palm allows you to spend three key points in order to set up imperceptible vibrations in a creature for a number of days equal to your monk level. So 17 days, this can be active in someone. There's no save to prevent the vibrations from taking effect, and it's only three points. So already a much more reasonable key investment. Then when you choose to activate them, you can force them to make a constitution save, the same save that Touch of the Long Death requires. However, when they fail using Quivering Palm, they go straight to zero. Doesn't matter if they have 5 million hit points or 20d10 worth, they go to zero. And on a fail, they take 10d10 necrotic damage. Well, the maximum you can do with Touch of Long Death is 10 key points to do 20d10. On a failed save, they take half that damage which happens to be 10d10. So you can do 10d10 for three key points, or you can do 10d10 for 10. And so the one ability that kind of finally gives them a powerful blow is inferior to Way of the Open Hand, which gets things that improve your martial arts and makes you more deadly throughout the entire class. So, and, and I'm in complete agreement with you at this point on this. So moving on into the culmination of this class. So how could we look at maybe different ways to flavor this class so that maybe we're not fixing the mechanics because that's not necessarily what we're here to do. But I think that there's ways that we can make this class feel better just by reflavoring it in different ways that you could have a character that makes sense, but not this. So first thing I would probably do is, as much as I hate to do it, just scrap the entire bit of flavor text about this class. I just wouldn't use it. I don't think any of it meshes well with the mechanics, and at least for me, it's not something I care to try to force to work with the mechanics in any way, shape, or form. So mechanically, I don't think they're terrible, aside from that level 17, which I just have so many gripes with. The one advantage, all I did was knock on it. The one advantage, it would take two actions to activate Quivering Palm, because you have to take the attack action to apply it in the first place, and then you'd have to take another action to force the con save. And we haven't looked at both of these classes, at least I haven't looked at them side by side to say, okay, but this level 6 ability is slightly better than this one, and this one's slightly better, so that means that their 17th has to be worse. Like, I haven't done the math to say which one should have a better Now, I don't think any of these abilities are on par with anything in Way of the Open Hand, which is like the primo monk archetype, aside from Mastery of Death. Mastery of Death is a legitimately good ability to be able to keep at one to keep fighting is great uh that ability alone makes these guys pretty cool so the only thing i would note with that mastery of death is that you are definitely in a different way if you look at death as not falling below zero but death as in complete character death by staying at one hit point by choosing to be right there and staying up you are choosing 
to gamble with your character's actual life because if they get critted by a large creature at one hit point, there is a chance they drop all the way and die for realsies. <laughs> There's a chance. I would say it's relatively low by the time you hit 11th level, but it's possible. What is more dangerous is on abilities such as like a Shadow Dragon Dragon's Breath Attack, where when you go to zero, your ashes. Like if you use all of your key points on claw attacks, and the final thing that puts you down is an ability such as that or Finger of Death, one of those things that when you hit zero it, you're just gone, that puts you at risk. So there might be some strategy in choosing when you let yourself drop on what attacks, but that does require a higher amount of metagame knowledge that your character may not have, and then you're walking a different sort of tightrope there. So I would just call these monks survivor monks or something like that, and I think it fixes everything about that seventh level ability, 17th level ability. Uh, you know, well, and being I able think to... Long Death is even still a fine name for them, because Long Death, before I read the flavor text, implied prolonging their life, right? You are dying for an extended amount of time and i think the name still works with the mechanics outside of the flavor text and that's probably fair either way if you look at these as monks that are supposed to be survivors i think that they'd be really good like these monks could be really handy in a very small party that has a lot of ranged casters or rogues or something like that other than them if they're going to be the one person in the midst of stuff i think survivability is paramount in those types of situations and these guys can still do that you are also then able to look at your wizard or your sorcerer or someone else who's itching to drop those large aoes and fireballs and you can just dive into the middle and go fire away it's cool yeah and so you can kind of use your your aoe fear to try and keep enemies tied up while they're nuking them from orbit and your stunning strikes and stuff like that and be like a battlefield control type of character who just won't die when you're being obliterated by everything around you yeah that could be really like in a one shot i could see these guys being really really fun if your goal is just to be in the thick of things no matter what and your hit points are just get key back on a short rest yeah. allows you to use this feature a lot so the yeah. mastery of death alone in my opinion makes these guys pretty cool what i like as a character is if you take the revenant uh, which i believe is still only on unearthed arcana maybe it's in an official source at this point where they are brought back from the dead for a specific purpose i think this class works really well with a revenant in that until your goal has been accomplished you just refuse to die nothing yeah. can seem to drop you you're just this terrifying presence on the battlefield because you're you're already a revenant you're already a, a someone brought back from the dead and then you use that mastery over death to enhance these other abilities and that makes them feel much better to me from a flavor perspective than anything that was provided in the flavor text yeah, I agree. I also think like a half orc could mm -hmm. be a good long death because you're you're drawing you could draw from the half orc's racial abilities for staying alive and pressing on and oh this kind of leans towards that. Now again, it's not 
perfect. It's not ideal. There are better classes for damage. There's better classes for everything. But if you're trying to heighten certain features of a Revenant or of a Half-Orc or something like that, I think you could get there with this class. And I think especially – you. I don't know if you could ever be happy with it long term, knowing that there's so many better options out there in almost every way. But in a short term campaign or a one shot or something like that, I think that this this could be fine. There is one last thing I'll throw out there, and I'm not going to deep dive into it because we don't really do a ton of theory crafting or anything here. But level 11, while it is a steep investment, you can get some pretty cheap investments from Barbarian for three levels or something like that to further take advantage of the refusing to die aspect through your rage and like a bear totem, stuff like that, that would make this, if you're going all in on the not dying element of this class, could be pretty fun. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not even saying it's worth worth it. But hey, if you're doing a one-shot at a higher level, it could be an interesting concept to go to. There's so much investments before you like engage that build. I do not think it's something that I would want to specifically build for. But there might be some merit in looking at combining that with a couple other classes that could fit the, the theme or the idea of this. All right. Well, is that all we have to say on the matter? I think that's all I've got to say. Like I said, if I follow the flavor text of the class, I am incredibly disappointed with what they came out with mechanically. But if you just scrap that, you look at them mechanically, I think they at least provide some unique and fun character opportunities and maybe a little bit more of a unique way to play than some other classes can provide. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap that up then, guys. We will talk to you all next week. And as always, feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, give us a rating on iTunes if you don't mind. Those would be super helpful at this point. We will catch you guys next week. I believe we're doing something a little bit out of the ordinary. Again, kind of a miscellaneous topic that we haven't done for a while with magic items. That's right. We'll see you then. See you guys. See you guys.